It is good to see you all. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online as well. Uh, before I get started, though, I especially want to remind those of you that are online that we'll be doing communion at the end of the service. Uh, and we're doing social distancing here in the, uh, the worship center. And we have these little kind of packets we'll use. Uh, but for you, if you'd like to grab some juice and some bread uh, to be prepared so at the end you can do social, you can do communion with us as well. The other thing that's a, a quick change is, uh, you notice we got rid of the plexiglass. Uh, the state gives me two choices. Either I preach with a mask on or I preach with plexiglass in front of me. And the plexiglass was really kind of disturbing for people online. So today I'm going to try and preach with a mask on. And, I, you know, I thought maybe I should try a smiley face, you know, or something. We'll lose some of the expressions, but... Uh, we'll try to see what we can uh, do through all of this. Uh, this is Semper Gumby, you know, be flexible. <laughs> Always flexible through all of this. Um, so the, the, all this COVID thing going on, I don't know about you, but for me, church feels a little funky, right? We're not quite doing it like we normally do it, especially for us. Uh, we love, you know, normally on Sunday morning, the sanctuary is pretty full and people are loving on each other and and we're laughing, and we're having a good time, and you're seeing your friends, and it, it just feels like doing church right now is kind of broken. I mean, not wiped out, but it, it just feels like it's not quite, you know, the rhythm's off or something in, in all of that. Um, and so I'm going to do a series uh, about doing church, and especially in the context of, of COVID, uh, because ultimately, kind of the second line of that, we are the body of Christ on earth, amen? And that means that we're not afraid of COVID. Now, that doesn't mean you don't do the medical things you're supposed to do, but that means the body of Christ goes on and continues to do its work even during COVID and crisis and that. We just have to do it a little bit differently. You have to do things like wear masks and social distance and some of those. So, um, so I, I want to talk about, though, a, a thing. Just You just have to indulge me a little bit, okay? I only have one grandchild, so every once in a while I kind of get caught up in the grandkid kind of thing. And I, I, I was thinking uh, this week, um, as we were kind of, you know, back and forth with, with the, my daughter and her, and the child and all of that, you know, just how much I love that kid. It's really weird. I have, I know this doesn't surprise any of you, the grandparents, but on my like screensaver and on my wallpaper on my computer are pictures of my grandson, right? You know, and so, and every time I see that, I just feel this little tingle, you know, I just love this little kid, you know, and, and so it, it, it dawned on me the other day, um, he can't possibly understand how much uh, I or his parents love him. He's just not capable of that, right? You know, uh, he, 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 he loves us, I suppose, as much as he can because we're the ones that, you know, provide resources. He gets his meals, you know, changed, all of those, those sorts of things. But, but he, he just can't possibly, because he's not capable, he, it's not possible for him to understand how much we love him, how much we would sacrifice to protect him. Uh, I tell people, you know, I, I'm not sure about some people whether I'd give my life, but for my wife and my kids, you know, and my grandchild, I would willingly give my life to protect them. I know, I just, I know I would, <laughs> you know. Uh, he, he can't understand that. Um, he is way more important to us than he knows. And that's true about us as well. Uh, I would say this as we kind of get started here. Uh, I think my thing, oh, hey, if I turn it on, how about that? Hey, that works better. <laughs> You are way more important to God than you know. You are way, way more important to God than you know. Not because you're stupid, okay? You, you guys all get it and you guys understand love, but, but you just can't possibly understand how God, great God's love is. Uh, you are God's family. We are God's family. 
individually and corporately, we are God's family. You were created intentionally by God. Uh, you, you, you weren't an unplanned pregnancy, okay? You, you, you are a part of what God has. And so the name for this family in the Bible is the church. The church is God's people. The church is not the building. We need a different name for our building than the church. We talk about it like it's the church. It's not. It's the church building. It's the building that the church owns and comes together in to, to worship in. Um, and so, um, and, and just, like, just like any other name, you know, like there's a group of people called Laughlin's that I'm related to. Well, the church is, is us, the ones we're related to, and we enjoy the privileges of the church, amen? I mean, there's there, my deepest friendships. I found my wife in the church. My kids have been dedicated. They've grown up in the church. Uh, there's so many blessings and loves and, and privileges uh, in, in the, the body of Christ. But, but... Um, it's not enough to be the church. At some point, we must do church. It's not enough, it's not enough to be a doctor. At some point, you've got to help somebody, okay? Right? It's not enough to be a carpenter. At some point, you've got to build something. Just, just being isn't, isn't enough. Being leads to, to doing. Uh, and, and Israel's biggest mistake, the chosen people of God was that they thought that that meant that they were just better than everybody. And they could judge everybody rather than go out and do the work of God, which was, in the Old Testament language, to bless every nation under earth, you know, under, under the heaven, to bless all of the nation. Rather than, than going out and rescuing, they, they hung back and just said, we're better than all of you, and we're just waiting for Messiah so we can prove it to you. They, they were so hung up on being the chosen people, they neglected to do the work of the chosen people. And sometimes that can happen in the church, too. We need to bless the world just as they had done. And so this morning, uh, I, I want to kind of do a, a little walk through a passage th this morning um, together and, and, and show you kind of how God works in this. Um, and so, but before I do that, I just want to back up just a little bit and say the, the Old Testament example of, of failing to do the work of the chosen people we struggled with that today. The disciples struggled with that. And they were with Jesus for three years. Jesus, you remember what Jesus kind of last thing he said to them was, go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them, in the, you, know, you know the passage. But I mean, it all started with, go, go. And you know what they did? They stayed. They stayed in their, in their place. Except for Paul. Um, who really wasn't one of the original group. He, he went, and he went to the Gentiles, and he, he got some other people to go along with him, you know, uh, Silas and Timothy and, and some of those. But, but up until about 70 AD, the apostles themselves were almost exclusively in Jerusalem. They would go out and bless a Gentile work and say, that's good, God's doing that now, I'm going back to Jerusalem. And, and, they, and they would go back. But you know what happened in 70 AD? Anyone know what happened in 70 AD to Jerusalem except Dennis? Okay. <laughs> Dennis has had more school than I have, so he always has the right answer, you know. In 70 AD, a persecution broke out against the Christians. Huge one. And when that happened, it forced them out of Jerusalem and into the world. Finally, they go to the world around them. And then they got to be the church all around the world. And so the next several weeks, we're going to talk about doing church. How do we do church in this crazy context, right? And I'm sure for them, when they got under persecution and then they had to go out into a world that was persecuting them, they were like, how do we do this? We were enjoying such a good time in Jerusalem. God, couldn't we have just kept with that, you know? And yet, 
it was out of that that the great revival of the church began, the great uh, spreading of the church. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter 2, 9, just one verse. Uh, because in order to do church, now I'm going to change up everything I've said. In order to do church, we first have to understand what it is to be the church. And then for the weeks that follow, we're going to talk about doing church, having understood what it is to be the church. And so most of you know this. Peter was the leader of the church in the first uh, century uh, after Jesus. Uh, and, and so he gives a description in this as to what the church is, who you are. And again, not the, the building, uh, not the worship service. Sometimes we talk about we're going to go to church. Uh, not even the organizational structure. He's not talking about any of that. He's talking about us. First uh, Peter 2.9, and let me uh, read this to you. First um, Peter 2.9, there it is. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And this is a passage, this is one of these passages I talked to you guys about, that in the original language, it's even much richer than it is in, in English. It's really pretty cool in English, but it, it, it really opens up. And then there's, um, often I've told you that much of scripture is pictorial theology. It's pictures of God, right? We tend to be deductive. We like propositional truth after the enlightenment. Uh, but, but for ancient people, it was images and pictures. God is conqueror. God is shepherd. Uh, you know, those, those kinds of things. And so there's some really cool pictures uh, in this this morning. I want you to open up your imagination. We're going to drop into some of these words a little bit. Uh, but, but it starts out with this idea that you are a chosen people. And so, so get this. You are specifically chosen by God for his purposes. You. You individually. We can't really do this in English, but the word in, in Greek means both everyone and every single individual. It's that idea. So every one of you are, are, are a part of this. Uh, and, and, and there's this, the word for chosen that, that means this, it also, it, it's kind of, it, it picks the idea of a large crowd, get, get this idea. You, you go someplace, you go to like a, your favorite concert. How many of you go to concerts from time to time, you know? And, and, um, and, and there's, there's a sea of, of people out there, right? And all of a sudden the artist that you like the most comes up on the platform and says, hey, we got this special deal that we are going to do today. One person from the crowd is going to get to be with us and sing with us. And if you play an instrument, you can be in the band, right, you know? And all of a sudden, they, they pull a name out, and they look at it, and they call your name. That, that's kind of what this word means. In the midst of all of this stuff and all of the world, that in the, the vastness of time and space, God picked you. You are a chosen people. And that's the same language it would be used for Jews, that they are, they're the chosen people, you know? And, and now Peter is saying, it, it's you that's the chosen people, the followers of Jesus, you're them. And, and there's this kind of holy uh, living in, in God kind of thing on this. It, it's this idea like God sets his hand on your shoulder uh, while calling your name and says, I, I need you, you need to be a, a, a part of this. Any of you ever been chosen for something that you were really honored for? Yeah, I, I would like to think... And that, that's actually what this is, and I don't even know how to get this entirely into English here, but, but it's a sacred thing. It, it's a way bigger deal than, than you think it is. And, and again, it's not just you personally, it is you personally, but it's second person plural, which we don't have in English except y'all, you know. But it's all of you, so every one of you have, have, have been a part of, of that. And then th this, the idea of, of, of a nation here, 
And this is a common misunderstanding with language. Uh, when the Bible talks about nation, uh, especially in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament, it's not usually talking about a political group. Like if I say, uh, what nation are you a part of? Most of you would say USA or America, right? This is actually a word, it's, it's a word from which we get the English word ethnos or ethnic group. It's actually an ethnic kind of thing. So the, the, the Jews were a great nation was, it was an idea of their connectedness. So I would have to say into this, I'm, I'm an Irishman because I'm mostly Irish. That's my, my nation, my, my, my people here. And, and so when, when they draw, he draws this together, it's this idea of he's going to take all of the nations and make them one. That you are, this is your family. This is the people who matter. We are one great people made out of many, many, many kinds of people. Um, you are all chosen people. Every single person who is a follower of Jesus. And not only you, but this huge family. Uh, you are a part of something that, that's big and important. Millions of people around the world today are gathering to worship Christ. Think about that. That's your family. Millions of people. Probably hundreds of millions of, of people, even with COVID. And more than that, you're a part of the church that has gone before. That there have been followers of Jesus from the very beginning. One of the, the cool things about ordination is sometimes people track their ordination back to see how far they can go back. But especially in the Catholic Church, they would argue that from Peter to the, to the Pope today, and for, with all of the priests, there has been a continuous succession of people laying their hands on the next generation and ordaining them, setting them aside into the ministry. So you are a part of something that goes way, way back, all the way to the apostles. And we are sisters and brothers in Christ. Um, and, and FYI, this is why we do compassionate ministries. This is why we care for the poor. This is why we care for the downtrodden, because they are our brothers and sisters. Amen? Uh, and I understand, we, we talk a lot about we do it so we can tell them about Jesus. Ab absolutely. But we also do it just because they're our brothers and sisters. And some of them are lost and we need to bring them back home to their heavenly father. But, that, but that's why we, we are siblings. We are siblings with everyone created in the image uh, of God. And then he talks about this, this next phrase, a special possession. Uh, and, and if I were going to translate, I would say prized possession. Any of you have any prized possessions? Something that's like, okay, it may not be terribly valuable or maybe it is, but it's something you just, that, that's really, really important to you i have a couple of things from my dad that are prized possessions they, they in and of themselves they're not all that valuable one of them is a knife uh, a little pocket knife that my grandfather who was a train conductor had it was part of his setup you know and he passed it down to my dad who was his firstborn son and my dad passed it down to me it's not worth very much money at all but to me it's worth it's a prized possession i would pay a lot of money if it got stolen to get it to get it back because of that okay and, and so God values you more than you value yourself, more than you, you really understand in all of this. And so I'm going to do something that's going to drive all you grammar Nazis crazy, okay? Hold on. You love your pastor? Ooh, silence. That's not good. <laughs> I'm going to do it, do it anyway because I want to help you to remember what's kind of being said, how special, how important you are. So, so here it is, if you're filling in the blanks. You are way more specialer than you realize. Say it together. You are way more specialer than you realize. I know for some of you, your mouth's about broke when you tried to say that, right? Because it's just like, but I know it's bad grammar, but actually it kind of captures this idea that you are way more specialer to God than you realize. Uh, what, God, what does God call this great nation of children that you are a part of, these people? 
the church. This whole description of you individually and this worldwide thing. In fact, this whole passage with all of these special words in it, you know, talks, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a grandpa bragging on his grandchildren. I hate to break it to you, but my grandchildren are smarter and better looking and more talented than yours are. And I hope you feel the same way about your grandchildren. Amen? That, that, that's that relationship between parent and child. And, and I know in an objective sense, my kids weren't better or more talented or better looking than anybody else's. But I always felt that way because they were mine. And so when, when he gives this description of, of all this stuff in here where he says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Then that just reminds you about somebody's just going on and on bragging about their kid. That, that's exactly what's kind of going on here uh, in all of this. He, he's talking to them about, you are way more special, specialer than, than you realize. But it comes down ultimately to this. We are the church, the body of Christ on earth. We are chosen. We are, we are loved by God. But we are the church. Say, we are the church. Yes. In fact, sometimes I think I should get t-shirts that say, we are the church, or maybe just church on it. You can identify each, each individual. And we enjoy the privileges of the church. We enjoy the fellowship and the connection and the love that we share. Uh, we enjoy the friendships that we share. And when I, when I talk to people who have never, ever been in church, and, and you know, I listen to how they talk about their lives and the level sometimes of loneliness and sometimes of of lack of direction and a sense of purpose and, and not a lot of friends necessarily and not a lot of love in their life. And I, I just realized that having grown up in the church, I've experienced that all of my life. I take it for granted that there are a group of people that I can show up with and by the order of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, they got to love me. Yes, several of you should have said amen in that process, you know. Aren't you glad for that, you know? And in return, I got to love them, Amen. It is the church. It is the body of Christ. And like it or not, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are family or family, whatever you want to call it. And I know that within our family, we have some weird uncles, okay? I, I get that. Every family has a weird uncle, amen? You know, it, it's just a, a part of it. But we are the family of the church. And get this. The Father has given us the most important mission in all creation, the most important mission. This is the doing part. We, we've talked about the being part. You are, you are so precious. You are more special to God than you understand. There, there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. But he's also giving us something to do, just like we do with our own children. In fact, I think of this as the family business. I don't know if any of you have ever been a part of a family. Any of you have been a part of a family business? A family had a business? Yeah, some of you have that. I had a really good friend when I was in high school named Jeff. And Jeff's dad... Uh, ran the local sporting, uh, sporting goods store in, in Aberdeen, right? Uh, so he, he did really, really well outfitting people to go fishing and all of that kind of, kind of thing. And all of my years growing up with Jeff in high school, in, well, in grade school, high school, all of that, Jeff was always like, I am never taking over the business. I am never taking over the business. And it was his grandfather that actually started it, right? So grandfather, now his father's doing it. I'm never going to take over the business. Never going to take over the business. He went to school, studied business. He was going to start his own business. You know what he's doing today? He's running his dad's business. They kind of moved it to Olympia, but, but that's, that's what he did. It was, it's a family bi business. And I, I just think that's really, really cool. And so it is with the church. We have a family business, and this is what it is. That you may declare the praise of him who called you. 
that you, that the family, may declare the praise of him who called you, who is our heavenly Father. So what do you think of when you think of praise? What comes to mind? What? Rejoicing. Worship. Honor. Yeah, those are all good. And in fact, we kind of tend to think of praise. We use the word praise a lot to think about the singing portion, especially of corporate uh, worship. But actually, that's not what this word means. This word means the goodness or the excellence of something. And so when we are called to, say, to declare the praise of God, what we're called to do is to declare the goodness of God to the world. And music is certainly one way to do that, but it is not the only way to do that. We are called to, to go to people who, who are in bad situations and say, God is so good, he wants to help you. To, to people who are trapped in sin, we want to say, God is so wonderful that he can deliver you out of this. To people whose families are broken, we can come and say, God wants to heal you. We are to declare we're the praise, the goodness, the excellence of God. How good our God is, amen? How good our God is. Okay, I know there's just a few of you, so you've got to speak up loud, okay? All right, so get this. Anytime you share the goodness of God, you are fulfilling your mission on earth. Think about that. Anytime you share the goodness of God with someone... You are fulfilling your mission on earth. If someone in your life is having a hard time and you say, can I pray for you? Or you even just say, I I'm praying for you. I, 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 have, I serve a good God and I'm just asking God to intervene in your life. You are fulfilling your mission as the church. When, when you ask if you can pray someone right there, man, you're fulfilling your mission. When you go out and do good deeds. So declaring the good deeds, of the, declaring the praise isn't just with words. You can declare with actions, Amen. In fact, some of the people that have impacted me the most, it wasn't their words, it was their actions that changed me. I, I, I accepted Christ when I was young, and then when I kind of got in that questioning stage of it, it, there were some men in my life that I just couldn't deny that they had something different. It wasn't their words, it was their actions. And so whenever you, you go and you help feed the hungry, or you, you go and tutor a kid in school, or you go, wherever you go to, to live out Christ, to declare the goodness of God with your actions, you are fulfilling your mission. To tell others, to show others through your actions what God is doing. Uh, and, and, the, and the best way you can do that is invite them to join the family. To say, God has something more for you. He has something that's awesome. In fact, our God is awesome. I don't use that word very much because I think it's a big, big word. But when it comes to God, that's the person it actually applies to. Our God is an awesome God. There used to be a song about there, wasn't it, Kramer? Somewhere in there? There sure <laughs> was, okay? So... Just to say it another way, the family business is to shepherd people out of darkness into the light. You notice that description he gives of us? We are the family of God because we have come out of darkness into the light. And so the, the proclamation is to bring people out of that. And, and so I just, I, I don't know how this works for you, and my imagination is overactive. But I kind of imagine in the, well, let me tell you In the ancient world, prisons were not like they are today, right? If you've ever seen pictures of prisons or video of prisons, or if you've ever been in prison, <laughs> um, they, there's bars and it's lit and it's not very nice, but you have a bed and you have, you know, a couple of things in there and all of that. But in the ancient world, very often prisons were holes in the ground. 
and they would drop people into the, into the hole in the ground. Uh, and they, they couldn't get out of there until someone came along to get them out of there. You know, and it smelled bad because there was no place to, well, we won't go into the details. But, but that's what it was like. And so it'd be pitch dark. They'd sometimes cover the hole, you know. And so when you came out of prison, you would kind of do this because your eyes hadn't seen any light in maybe weeks or months or maybe even years. And, and you came out of the, out of the darkness into the, to the light. And all of a sudden, instead of living in pitch darkness, you could see the world. You could see the creation. You could see your family. You could see all of those things. And, and you, you have come from darkness to light. And that's what he invites us to. To repair what is broken. To, to change your life. To offer people real change. That's what we're all, all about. And so rescuing God's lost children from darkness is so important that God has designated it as sacred. He talks about holy we get to do what Jesus did for others. He's given you the family business. What Jesus did, you do. You, you ever wonder about whether something's right and wrong? If Jesus did it, it's right. It's real simple. What Jesus did, you do. What Jesus did, I do. And so he declares this, this kind of sacred sort of task in, in a couple of ways. I love this. Um, one of them is, you are a royal priesthood. Okay, so royal, number one, is a, is a special, only, to, only the best, uh, and priesthood. So uh, look around at someone, you, they're too far away to really talk to each other, but look around at someone and say, you're a royal priest. Oh, you like that, you talk about that, that's good, okay. So um, a priesthood, I don't know if you know what a priesthood, but a priest is an intermediary. A priest represents God to the people, or represents the people to God, and God to the people. So there's a, a sense in which I function in that role. Sometimes people just emotionally will say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Well, I don't have any unique access to God, but people like their pastor to pray for them when they're in a tough spot. Amen? You know? And, and, and I represent God to you. I, I preach and I, I do this kind of stuff as well. And, and, and he's saying to you, every one of you, not just those of you that think you might have a call to preach in your life, every one of you are a royal priesthood. You represent others to God, which is why it's so important to pray for people who are lost. And so important if they have something going on to say, can I pray for you? I'm just going to pray. You know, you don't even have to believe in God or anything like that. I'm just going to talk to my father about, about what's going on in, your, on in your life. And you represent God to them. You're the one that gets to bring the good news uh, to them. You, you are a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. Every one of you, you are a royal priest and then the second says it goes on to say and you are a holy nation that's that's sacred that's set aside from god uh the the, the idea in fact in the original language is this idea of being separated from that, that you have been called out in fact the word church we're going to talk about ecclesia ecclesia um is the idea of the called out ones into an assembly and so this you've called out to be holy but, but not so that you don't touch them, but so that you can be together to go back in a mission to reach them, to be the priesthood to them. The holy, holy nation. Holy. We are holy when we get. We don't talk about holy a lot. I should talk about that more often. But you are set aside by God. And so, ultimately, you are the church, the people of God. You are the church. The people of God. Do you know that? Do you get that? 
We've talked about who you are because we're going to start talking about what we need to do. But if you don't understand that you are a royal priesthood, that, that you are a holy people, that, that God is absolutely nuts about you and loves you more than you can possibly imagine, it's really hard to do the doing part. Because it can become legalism and it can become a task and a chore and i got to do this or God's not going to be happy. That's not it at all. That is, that is not what's meant. You have to understand, you, you are a holy nation. You, you are the church. You are the body of Christ on earth. You are God's people. Say, I am God's people. Yes. It's so important that we get that. And we want to we continue in that vein with, with communion this morning. With the, the Lord's table. I hope, did everyone get one of these? If you didn't get one, would you raise your hand so maybe an usher can get it to you? I think everyone has it. For those of you at home, if you'd like to uh, prepare the elements of communion uh, with your family there uh, and take communion with us. Um, just a couple of reminders in order to, to use this. You've got to pull that little top little tab back first and that'll reveal the bread. Uh, and then you'll pull the next one back for the juice. Be careful when you do the juice. If you pull it and it pops, it'll spill on you and grape juice is is kind of messy but 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 this this element is for the holy people it's a holy sacrament it's 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 for the people that are the followers of god and it is a reminder that you are a part of the family this is the family table put on by our heavenly father and it's a reminder of how much god loves you because he literally gave his life for you i told you i would willingly give my life for my wife and my children and my grandchild i i, I would but God did that in Jesus Christ. You are loved so much, he would die for you. And it's a promise of the future to come. You know, one day this world is going to be over with and we are going to be in heaven. And there will be no more COVID. You, you, you will not need a strong immune system in heaven because there will be nothing there to harm you. Praise be to God. Amen. All of those things are wrapped up in, in, in this moment. And so I want us to come this morning as family. The realization, I know we can't come forward, there's something powerful about that, but, but, but I want you to look around real briefly here. There's 40 people or so in our service this morning. They are family. They are family. We, we, we have the family business, the same business together, and we are going to be together for the rest of our lives celebrating. But in this time, the Father calls us to the table. Would you bow your heads with me? as I ask the Lord's blessing. Father God, Lord, we are so privileged. We, um, we probably are ungrateful because we don't talk about it enough and we don't uh, proclaim your praise enough, Lord. And we are thankful for all that you have done for us, for what you have done in saving our souls, Father, for changing in us and transforming us and making us like you, Father, for, for loving us beyond all reason, completely irrational love you, you show for us, Father. And and Father, for giving us the work and the mission of the church to, to bring others from darkness into light as you brought us from darkness into life. And so, Father, we come with great celebration and thankfulness to your table this morning that you have forgiven us, Father. And even in that, Lord, we want to pause just a moment and ask you to search our hearts, Lord. Is there something between us and you? Is there something between us and a brother and sister in Christ? Father, we ask right now that you would forgive us, Lord that you would help us to repent, to turn around, to, to not do it again, Father, to rebuild the walls of love and grace with our, our siblings in the, in the church, in the body of Christ. And then, Father, we pray that you would bless these elements and inhabit them in these moments, Lord. This, this sacrament, this means of grace, Father, that, that you would um, 
move through the congregation, Lord, in healing and love and grace, and that you would restore us where we need to be restored, that, that in these moments you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, Father, but then all of it, that your Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of the living God would reign in these moments. I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you do this, remember, remember, remember. Body of Christ, preserve us unto everlasting life. Let us take and eat. After supper, he took the cup. And when he had again given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, which was shed for you. Whenever you do this, remember, remember, remember. The body and blood of Jesus Christ preserve us blameless unto everlasting life. Let us drink from the cup of the Lord. Father, we have come to your table with gratitude. We have eaten the bread that represents your body. We have drank the juice that represents your spilled blood. I pray, Father, now that your blessing would rest upon this church, <laughs> that we might do your work in the world, Father, but that we might do it out of the firm knowledge of our relationship with you, of how much you love us, Father, and how much you are going before us. We thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue to worship in... Uh, song with the, the blessing in just a moment but also in giving you can give online you can give in the app you can send in a check to box 1654 if you'd like so let's worship the lord in giving and let's bless one another